Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to episode 76 of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Begson. Uh, it's been a very interesting what's happening in the market at the moment. A few people are saying it's starting to cool down, uh, but we're not seeing any of that. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, I would say, energy in the market at the moment, a lot of houses being built, a lot of land being developed as well, uh, and a few new properties coming on the market as well. I was actually looking at some new stuff in Tamarindo that was very interesting. Um, you know, kind of two, three, four bedroom condos that are being built right up on the hills of Tamarindo. Beautiful views, uh, just with a bit of a hefty price tag on them, starting at about 695 up to about 1.5 million. But anyway, I uh, just want to say big shout out to everybody that's been in contact with us. We've had quite a few uh, people reaching out. Um, helping us basically either find the land that they're looking to, helping them with their project, uh, or just giving them some advice uh, here on investing here in Costa Rica. If anybody would like to chat with us, they can do. Just contact us. Just send us a quick email, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. Um, so anyway, let's get started on this one. I decided that um, we would do a podcast that's focused on uh, owning, operating, and buying a hotel here in Costa Rica. So I rattled my brain, thought who best to get on here than Manny Makowski. Manny is actually a veteran of hospitality, uh, and especially ho hotel development and ownership here in Costa Rica. He's been involved in a variety of Costa Rica's most successful and iconic hotels, from the Tabacon Resort in Arenal to his most recent project, Nantipa in Santa Teresa. Uh, so we're going to be discussing as I mentioned their hotel ownership and operations with many today and getting his input. Uh, remember, if you have any questions for many, uh, you can, his contact details are down below. Um, and if you'd like to see us cover any particular topics in the future, just let us know. Um, but anyway, let's get straight into it. Good afternoon, many. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Richard? Thank you very sure. much for um, the opportunity. This is fun. Um, no. Always happy to talk to you, you know that. Um, and greetings from a very, very cold Maryland, uh, unusually <laughs> cold, cold for a late March. Well, it's an, I, I say that we've had some pretty interesting uh, and, 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 and special guests, but you are definitely up there on the special guest list. Uh, so I uh, really appreciate you, uh, you, you joining us and making time for us. I know that you're very busy uh, between uh, the hotels, also uh, Canatol, which is the, uh, the, uh, the kind of the private sector's representation uh, here, kind of within, I suppose, guiding the government here and kind of, um, you know, I suppose... What would be the word? Really defining the future of tourism here in Costa Rica as much as we can do uh, and guiding the government and giving them kind of like a helping hand when necessary. Um, you know, the voice of the private sector, should I say, within the government. Uh, as exactly. Much as we can be, so. So anyway. That's a good one, yeah. Exactly. But it's been a crazy two years. Um, I mean, I would like, you know, your opinion on, you know, what surprised you most uh, and what trends that you are seeing also in tourism uh, that potentially weren't there before. Um. So coming out of COVID, um, I think we're seeing more of a stronger, stronger resurgence for um, the smaller hotels. Yep. Uh, the luxury segment is, is coming back stronger or faster than other segments. Um, anything related to wellness, outdoor uh, activities, nature is doing well. And then finally, uh, Homes for rent, Airbnbs are doing fantastically well in this, at least in the Costa Rican environment. Yeah. People I, I, I do think look you... for the privacy and the sort of the isolation that, um, you know, they, there's still some fear. There's still some uh, 
hesitancy to be in large groups. So private touring, private charters, private transfers, and yeah, homes, Airbnbs. Yeah. I mean, would you say that that was one of the reasons that kind of drove you guys at Nantipa to build some villas? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Okay. And, and you guys have seen pretty quick pick up with it. And when do you guys finish them or do you, have you already finished some of them? We just opened them a week ago, uh, April 15th. And yeah, the, the uh, demand strong. Demand is strong. Uh, we really haven't done much marketing because we don't have uh, professional uh, photos or videos yet, but it's still yep. doing better than expected. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, many people, you know, I get quite a few people contacting me that wanting to invest in a hotel in Costa Rica, you know, and I was actually, okay. you know, recently it's been pretty crazy amount of people looking to, to do some form of something in tourism here, uh, you know, with the, with the, I would say the majority of people trying to look at, at hotels, boutique hotels, but uh, I mean, both of us know the industry pretty well. Um, and I don't think it's for the faint hearted, but I mean, what advice would you give to anyone wanting to, I suppose, invest in a hotel or run a hotel? Um, well, those are two different questions, all right? Invest the hotel or run the hotel. Um, True. If you're going to invest in the hotel, then uh, if you are a, an, a hotelier by heart or by trade and you're passionate about it, then absolutely. If you just want the sort of uh, glamour of owning a hotel, if there is such a thing, um, yep. better make sure you have a, 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 an operating company in Costa Rica that can run the place for you. Because the learning curve can be expensive and steep if you're not uh, in the business or you've been around the business for a while. Well, I mean, talking about that learning curve, I mean, what do you think are the you know hidden or surprise costs uh, that most people don't think about when running a property here in Costa Rica? Oh, wow. Um, absolutely the whole, and you know this better than I do, but the whole social security network, the those added expenses to your labor costs, which are the primary costs in hospitality, uh, can be overwhelming. And if you're not, if you don't plan for them, if you don't prepare for them, um, like we just saw with the pandemic, where you, we had to face the fact that you were closing the hotel, you had to let your employees either go or put them on furlough. There were no laws allowing you to go on furlough. Those were written during the pandemic and if it hadn't been for that we have we're, we would have been forced to pay severance to every single employee and i don't think there's one hotel or one company in Africa that that has that um what do you call that that uh sort of basket or, or reserve yep. to cover that so um those are definitely hitting fees when when it comes to december and you have the aguinaldo with your salaries or the vacation time and your taxes all due in about two weeks. If you don't have the cash flow to face that, if you haven't been planning for the year, you're going to be in trouble. So there's a lot of, uh, I wouldn't call them hidden expenses, but they're expenses that you must be aware of before you start this kind of, um, of uh, enterprise. The other one is the, uh, the um, unexpectedly high food costs. Um, and I'm talking not about the, the final product, which is, I mean, the menus can be expensive, but the actual cost of your ingredients and your primary um, um, materials are very, very high compared to the rest of Latin America. And that can be uh, an unpleasant surprise. Yeah, no, no, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, even from my experience, you know, food costs and payroll were some of the, the two biggest, you know, expenses. I remember when I first 
I remember getting to December one year, my first year here in Costa Rica, and somebody mentioned Aguinaldo. And I said, what's that? And they were like, well, it's a bonus that you pay us in December. And I was like, well, I mean, the company hasn't done that, doesn't, hasn't done that well. Do we still need to pay it? And they were like, no, by law, you have to pay basically a double salary in December. So it's kind of like a guarantee, exactly. you know, kind of Christmas bonus on that one. So, yeah. But, I mean, over the years, we learned that every yep. month you have to put one twelfth yep. into like a separate account. Yep. And then when December comes, it doesn't hit you from the blind side. So exactly. <clears throat> yeah, so I agree. And also the food costs. I mean, for a country that produces a lot of food as well, um, I suppose, again, you know, some of those uh, payroll costs or these, these social fees are also passed on in the cost of that food as well. Um, you know, hence those why energy, so transportation and gasoline, all of those yep. add up into your final cost of your anything. Even yeah. produce, you know, milk, eggs, dairy, meats, everything is way higher than most yeah. countries. I, th I think the one thing that I will say about that, that the food here is pretty fresh because a lot of it is grown here. Um, you know, right. it is pretty fresh. And, you know, a lot of people always say, I mean, I remember Costa Rica never used to be famed for its food, but I think it's starting to get a good reputation uh, for, for having good, fresh, you know, kind of a somewhat organic food. Absolutely. Uh, there is a little bit of a gastronomic movement uh, within the industry and in the country. I mean, you see it in San Jose, you're seeing a lot of interesting restaurants that weren't there before, I mean, five, 10 years ago. Uh, and that's spilling over to some of the regions. In Santa Teresa, we have fantastic restaurants. Fortuna is coming up with some interesting um, restaurants as well. So Manuel Antonio has always had a, a little bit of a foodie scene. So in general, I would say that most people would be like, okay, we have to um, you come to Costa Rica, obviously, for the ecotourism, all the activities, but food's becoming part of the experience. It is. Let's just talk a little bit about what, you know, about a hotel that makes money and one that doesn't, because I think I'm always interested in this conversation. Somebody always asks me, but I mean, in your opinion, what do you think is the difference between a hotel that makes money and one that doesn't? Well, you're in real estate, but, um, but, um, as you say in your industry, right? Location, location, location. Um, yep. I, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, Costa Rica has maybe 15 or so well-determined regions or destinations or, you know, tourist clusters, both on the beach and both on the outside areas, um, like the, you know, Arenal, Monteverde, some of the interior areas. If you happen to be located in those uh areas of the country, I think your chances of success are significantly higher than if you're a remote sort of standalone hotel. That doesn't mean it can't happen. We've seen success stories with Origins, with Rio Perdido, now Altagracia, but they're not within those clusters. So you're, you're marketing by yourself. You're marketing a new destination as opposed to, you know, doing the destination management or the destination marketing together with your tour operators along with your um, peers in the region. So you're not only battling a new brand, a new hotel, but you're also battling a new destination, which is not so easy to do. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you're going to take some arrows, you know, if you're going to try and create a destination and you're going to have to compete with all the other destinations in Costa Rica as well when it comes to attracting people. So, you know, it's not easy. So, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, if you can get a a, a great location or even one really close to a great location, uh, I think it's definitely you can kind of ride the coattails of the uh, of all the marketing that's been done there before. So absolutely. 
I mean, who do you, because again, you know, I mean, a successful hotel, you know, isn't, I suppose it's a, a machine. There are a lot of kind of cogs in that machine. And when I talk about cogs, I mean, I think it's really the people that are probably the most important part about it, because I think that's what makes Costa Rica special. Uh, and also, you know, what makes the hotel experience. People, people will forgive, should I say, you know, small imperfections in a room, but they will not forgive bad service. Um, so, I mean, in your opinion, I mean, who do you think are the most important people on your team to have when operating a hotel? Well, based on what you just said, everybody. I mean, yeah, well, of course, of course. Everybody. Uh, like the difference can be made by the people working on the gardens, maintenance, the front desk. I mean, it is not something you can't just name the general manager or the, you know, everybody together helps make the, the experience, uh, for us, for example, in Tabacón, we call the, the spa sort of the fixer, all, fi, the fixes all. Like, you know, you gotta, if you had that problem with the food or your transfer or the tour, you didn't like this, you go get a spa massage or treatment in Tabacón, that erases all the bad memories. So right there and then, the most important person is the spa therapist. Um, the same can be said for, you know, the concierge or the front desk people that can solve problems, even maintenance. I mean, if you go into your room and something is not working and the maintenance guy is fast and, and fixes the problem and, and, and makes it, gives it, gives you a good attitude and hopefully speaks enough English to communicate. Um, I mean, I remember one time I was in Paris and I had a problem with the shower and they sent a, a, a maintenance guy that didn't speak a word of English or Spanish. So I'm trying to like Google translate so I can tell them what's wrong with the shower. I mean, as opposed to just having somebody is like, okay, this is it, fix the thing, smile. And then you're, you're off and it just wasted five minutes instead of an hour. So everybody participates in the experience. So, I mean, how difficult is it to find good people in Costa Rica? It's not difficult at all. No? I mean, no, I think that there's talent everywhere. It's a matter of leadership, training, and uh, vision. Um, yes, some regions, um, because of their isolation or because of the remoteness, can be a little more challenging. Tortuguero can be an example of that. Yeah. But um, but no, Costa Rica is full of talent. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I think that's the biggest asset of Costa Rica just in general. And I mean, we can see that from, you know, big multinational companies here operating all the way down to, you know, boutique hotels here in Costa Rica. I mean, it really is what I think makes this people special, um, you know, is the Pura Vida, is the, you know, the Costa Rican culture, is the people, uh, I mean, really make it special. Because if the country was great, but the people weren't, you know, people just, I believe, I don't believe people would come back. That's right. That's right. The, the, the ICT, the Board of Tourism, uh, does the exit interviews. And every single year they publish their data. The number one um, experience or memory for most tourists is the people. Yeah. I mean, people talk about, you know, the wildlife and the adventure and the nature and, you know, the, the fantastic tours. And the people is, are always, Costa Ricans are always ranked number one in the in the memories or the experience they're bringing home. Yeah, and I mean, and that's reflected in the happiness index as well. You know, they're always up there right. in the top five, if not number one. I think they're always battling with Finland, which, um, you know, doesn't make sense to me because they don't get much sun up there, but. Well, we, this year we made number one in, in the Americas, including the US and Canada, yep. uh, but it was ranked like 15th or 14th in the world. So yeah, it's Scandinavia, better, better get all that the countries out. in Scandinavia beat us this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it has to do with soccer too, but if we 
if we do make the World Cup, that will move up again. <laughs> I think they're playing the US on Wednesday here in Costa Rica, right? They are tomorrow, and that's right. Wow, wow. So let's just uh, kind of switch gears a little bit to kind of more tourism and its direction. Uh, I mean, if you were to direct tourism in Costa Rica over the next four years, I mean, which, you know, or what direction do you think the country should focus on? So as you know, and I've been this, in this industry long enough, you know there's the big debate, it's a healthy debate, whether to go the route of Guanacaste, right? The sort of large branded resorts, either all-inclusive yep. or, you know, with your golf and your marinas. So, and as you know, we are getting some fresh new big names yep. coming into the market, the Ritz-Carlton, the Six Senses. So that's one model. And then you have the model of the small, independent, more authentic um, individual hotels, which dominate pretty much everything except for San Jose and maybe a little bit of the Hakoi area, right? So based on that model and what's the best way to go for Costa Rica as a country, um, my opinion is you need to find a way to keep the balance. So, you know, it's it, legally it's impossible if somebody wanted to come to Arenal and build a 500-room all-inclusive hotel, yep. it would just not fit the destination. But legally you can't stop it. So... If I had to say, I would be like, okay, let's keep the model where you're balancing both. And then um, you can keep the, the both ends happy along, of course, to the lines that those larger hotels need to keep their, um, their um, focus or their commitment to that eco-tourism sort of sustainable um, branding that the country has as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I think it's vital that we keep that brand because, I mean, that brand is so strong and I think it was only kind of, you know, strengthened throughout COVID just because of, you know, I mean, the um, the freedom that we had here in Costa Rica during COVID as well. Um, and also, you know, we were one of the first countries to kind of bounce back. Um, you know, I think that's always the battle that Costa Rica is going to have is the large resort versus the boutique hotel. Um, you know, and I think Thank God the majority of the large resorts are located in that Gulf of Papagayo, you know, so it's kind of more focused up there. Uh, I think two, both models can exist. Um, I would just, you know, I mean, I would just caution Costa Rica to just be, you know, to make sure that we continue to advertise Costa Rica as a boutique, you know, wellness kind of grounded location. That's right. The so, other thing that I think we should do as a country, and we've been doing it, but I think we can do a little bit of a better uh, job at it is um, I've always said Costa Rica is a niche um, tourism marketing product. Uh, we excel. We're not really the mass market sort of you know winner take all experience. You're 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 marketing to multiple multiple groups that have their own unique perspective. Whether whether it's romance, nature, wellness. Uh, destination weddings, uh, the gastronomy is coming strongly. You have um, fishing, you have bird watching, you have, uh, so there's a lot of little, uh, surfing is another one that's growing. So you have a lot of these little um, niche markets where we can excel as opposed to going head to head against, you know, somebody like Mexico or the Dominican Republic, which have, I don't know, 10, 20 times the budget we have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. I mean, we're going to lose potentially if we go against them as well, just because, again, as you mentioned there, they have a lot more marketing dollars. So it's better for us to kind of 
what I like to call guerrilla market, which is kind of own these niches, um, exactly. you know, because it will be a lot more difficult for, for, for other countries to kind of take that away from us. But now let, let, let me uh, pose this question to you, Manny. I mean, if you were to open another hotel in Costa Rica that's not in the destinations that you currently have in it, I mean, where do you think, and it was, has to be at the beach, just because I think a lot of people are looking more at the beach here, but let's actually, let's remove the beach. If you were to open a place, you know, as a next destination here in Costa Rica that you think is going to grow over the next five to 10 years, where do you think that that, where would, where would you go? Well, first of all, I would meet with the likes of you because you know which <laughs> markets are underserved. I mean, I can have my preferences, but you're the one that knows where your clients, where you're not finding space yep. for your for your for your clients, right? So I would try to first research through the DMCs and the tour operators that actually have the client needs and can guide us. Um, now, from the top of my head, um, obviously Papagayo is going to be growing. Uh, not in my sort of um, world of investments. I mean, that to go into Papagayo, you need some serious funding, yeah. and that's not. Um, my specialty. I would say the corridor north of Santa Teresa. So you keep moving to uh, Hermosa, Manzanillo, all the way up to Punta Islita. That beach stretch, I think, is going to boom in the next 10 years. Um, I, agree. I mean, it's starting now, but it's going to keep growing. Um, so that's one uh, jewel on the beach I would look into. Um, I personally think Monteverde is underserved and it's dying for some seriously nice, independent, small, high-end hotel. I would think Tortuguero, but I'm not quite too familiar with the uh, operation and the limitations that you can have in development in that area. But I would also think that area could use something along the lines of what you have in Osa, but more on the Tortuguero side. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think it's funny that stuff's moving north of Santa Teresa, but not really going over the hill towards Cabuya, you know, Delicia's Montezuma area. I mean, it's maybe just because that, that hill is there, so they're not getting over it. But <laughs> And the um, park. Yeah. You true. also have the Cabo Blanco Park. So, yeah. True. Wow. Well, anyway, Manny, I know you're a busy man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast here. That's my pleasure. Um, I will uh, put all the contact details for your hotels uh, in the description. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I've also, I'll also put your LinkedIn profile in it as well. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can, uh, but really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us, Manny. Thank you. Hope to see you uh, soon in Costa Rica. I'm sure I will. We'll Have a good one. Some, uh, another birthday celebration. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Great podcast there with many guys. Uh, I think as you can see there, many is a wealth of knowledge. He's been in this industry uh, probably since he was born because his family was actually the original uh, founder or the original, I suppose, founders of the Tabacom Resort, which is one of Costa Rica's most iconic resorts up there in Arenal, where they bought a piece of land that was actually cattle land and the uh, owner didn't want it because the river was hot uh, and hence the hot springs. Um, so it's amazing exactly what one man's trash is another man's treasure, I suppose. So, but remember guys, uh, if anyone needs any help with anything or just wants to get a bit of an input on, on any projects they're looking to do, we've had quite a few people reach out to us, uh, to help them find land here in Costa Rica. Uh, we take more of a consultative approach to finding, uh, projects here or land here. Uh, we are not realtors, so we kind of sit on your side of the actual transaction there, looking out for your interests and ready to get, get an idea of what it is that you're going to be using um, the, uh, the land or the home for so that we can make sure that 
it kind of, I suppose, fits you and suits you uh, properly. You can contact us, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. Uh, again, very much appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, feel free to give us a thumbs up. Uh, give us a good review there on, on, I suppose, in Facebook, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening to us on. Uh, until next time, guys, we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,